Good morning and welcome to Jewish Faith and Jewish Facts. I'm Rabbi Stephen Garten. Each morning when Jews pray in the synagogue, their worship, which as many of you may know from previous broadcasts, tends to be a fixed liturgy, um, is found in the Siddur, the Hebrew prayer book. And in the uh, morning blessings, we find the following, which I'll read a bit in Hebrew and then translate for you. Elu divarim she'ein lahem shior, she'adam ochel perotehem ba'olam hazeh, v'hakeren kayemet lo la'olam haba ve'eluhein. These are the obligations without measure, whose reward, too, is without measure. And the prayer continues to identify the following behaviors. To honor father and mother, to perform acts of love and kindness, to attend the house of study daily, to welcome the stranger, to visit the sick, to rejoice with bride and groom, to console the bereaved, to pray with sincerity, to make peace when there is strife. And the prayer ends with the following phrase, V'talmud Torah k'neged kulam. And the study of Torah is equal to them all, because, as the English suggests, it leads to them all. Unusual, yes, that a prayer which discusses our obligations to individuals in the world tells us that the study of Torah, and here the Hebrew phrase Talmud Torah, implies more than just the study of the five books of Moses, the Pentateuch, more than just the study of Nivim prophets and Ketubim, the writings, but it implies the whole breadth of Jewish study is equal to all of these other behaviors. This morning, I want to talk with you about the importance of Talmud Torah, the study of Jewish texts and the study of sacred texts. And to help me with my conversation, I've invited Rabbi Rachel Rudis Bovitz, who is the incoming executive director of the Florence Melton School of Adult Jewish Learning. Rabbi Bovitz recently served as the organization's chief strategy officer. From 2007 and 2010, Rabbi Bovitz served as the founding director of the Conejo West Valley Milton School in Southern California, which she and its founder built as a consortium of 12 synagogue schools and community organizations. In the intervening years, she taught as an adjunct professor of Jewish studies at American Jewish University, which is also in Los Angeles, and became a passionate student and teacher of spiritual practice of Musar through the Center of Contemporary Musar, and served as the director of millennial engagement at the Jewish Theological Seminary. She began her rabbinic career in 2001 as an associate rabbi of Temple Aliyah in Woodlands Hills, California. She received her BA in Jewish Studies from UCLA and was ordained from the Ziegler School of Rabbinic Studies at the University of Judaism with a distinction in Talmud. 
It's a pleasure to welcome Rabbi Bovitz to our show this morning. Uh, welcome to Canada. Thank you, Rabbi Garten. It's a pleasure to be speaking with you. Great. Well, we're so looking forward to this conversation about the importance of uh, Jewish study. So why don't we begin right away with uh, a conversation of how you understand the Hebrew phrase Talmud Torah. Sure. Um, I, I really see it very similarly as you, as you described in terms of its most <coughs> expansive um, that it in- includes all learning um, of our sacred books, both biblical literature as well as um, our rabbinic writings, both from the early time period, like the Talmud, up until the modern day. Um, and, and what I think is so amazing about that is that there's so many entry points in our tradition to be uh, learning um, topics that interest you, topics that challenge you, um, and really the idea um, that you described from um, from the text that you shared at the beginning in terms of this being a, a, a lifelong learning endeavor um, is one of the things that um, I think is most special about this concept of Talmud Torah, that it's not just for children, um, not just until you get to a certain stage in life um, where you have sort of, where you could possibly master the tradition, but it really is a, a lifelong journey. So if I understand you correctly, um, Jews are, how should we say, commanded, obligated, incentivized um, to spend their life searching through the sacred text and discovering um, the um, secrets that are housed within the text, and perhaps each generation understands the secrets differently. Is there a particular uh, methodology that you think is um, synonymous with Jewish studies? Um, Well, I think, uh, I mean, there are probably many methodologies, but one that comes to mind in in your question is is the notion that, um, like other religions, we're on a cycle of of reading the five books of Moses, of reading the Torah each year. but we also have, in addition to reading what's in the scroll or now printed in books, we have a whole methodology around seeing the Torah from all different perspectives um, over the course of our learning and over the course of our lifetime. And so um, we, we layer our learning um, upon each other. So we have the learning of the sacred text, but then we have the rabbis from different generations who have brought out different ideas. The way, the way we speak about it is we say that the Torah has 70 faces, um, meaning that there's so many ways to look at a passage from Torah, um, looking at it through um, its literal meaning, looking at um, the way in which the rabbis expound upon it in, in story and in explanation and, in, and in the way they unpack it. Um, as you just mentioned, the, the secrets that lie there, maybe the mystical aspects of it, um, and the way it hints at different um, at different ideas. And so the, the notion is that um, you don't, again, you don't study a text once, but that you come back to the text over and over through different lenses. Um, and, um, and those things speak to you, I think, differently at different stages um, in your life. So... Um... Do you find that when you teach Jewish texts and you use the methodology of um, layering 
the historical commentaries upon the original text, that the original text loses its power, or does it gain um, a greater resonance with the student? Because some religious traditions are more literal about their interpretation and their understanding of sacred texts than perhaps the uh, Jewish tradition has become. Yeah, I, I mean, I can I can understand that faith uh, approach. I would say the Jewish approach is that these layers add meaning to the text, um, and it's not um, it's not that there has to be only one um, understanding of a text. And I and my experience teaching adults is that um, oftentimes, um, perhaps how they learned a text uh, when they were a child um, feels doesn't feel right to them anymore. They it, it feels. Um, no longer relevant, but when they see the text through the eyes of other commentaries, um, suddenly the text uh, regains meaning um, or sort of renews itself um, for them. And it also is, it really is an invitation also for for the learner to um, interpret the text for themselves or to even integrate some of the commentaries that they've that they've learned um, with each other. That's another sort of piece of our the way we learn is that um, our rabbis also, um, have a conversation with each other, um, even if they weren't uh, actually speaking to each other in the room, in the same room, they have a conversation in the page with one another. So they also knew the, know the commentaries that came before them, and they um, engage in that in that conversation, in a conversation that we can continue um, as we're learning uh, the text in the 21st century. So there's a historical uh, pattern of one generation of commentators um, speaking with another generation of commentators on the page um, that one studies. And it's probably true, as you suggest, that most adults find it fascinating to look at a page of Talmud or one of the pages of Torah and see two or three or four or five commentators from different generations offering their insights about the same verses. Um, and then allowing the modern reader to see where he or she um, resonates and fits within that conversation. Uh, fascinating. Um, kind of a, a unique approach to um, sacred text and to uh, lifelong learning, wouldn't you say? I think so. I, I really do. I, I, what other thought comes to mind? One of the things that, that's interesting is that some of our um, some of our uh, commentators are very well known, um, and they've been sort of the one that comes to mind is, is Rashi, who lived in the 11th century, and his commentary um, for many Jews for many centuries was the the primary one that they studied, um, and so much so that certain ideas from the commentaries or what we would call our midrashic tradition, um, they which is our interpretive um, tradition. Um, those people actually think those ideas are in the text of the Bible itself. Um, so the example that comes to mind is um, is Abraham discovering the one true God. Um, we have a legend in our tradition about uh, an interaction between him and his father, the idol maker, um, that people, when I teach adults, are, are fascinated to to see that that is not actually in the text of Genesis, but actually comes from um, this other tradition of interpretation. But it's been sort of the story 
um, that we've been learning, that they've been learning their whole lives. And so um, that's how integrated these interpretations are in the way in which we study the biblical text. That's a great example because Rashi, um, writing in the 11th century in northern France, offers this um, fable about how Abraham discovers uh, one God and um, Maimonides, writing in Egypt, offers a different interpretation of the same question. Um, and so here they are, not quite contemporaries, but struck with the same uh, notion from the text, uh, Genesis 12, which introduces Abraham to the biblical epic um, and introduces Abraham to a conversation with a God, um, doesn't indicate why God chose Abraham. And so both commentators are wrestling with what makes Abraham uh, worthy of being the first person in the biblical text to have this kind of conversation with God and then to be the progenitor of the Jewish people. Um, it's a great example because I know many adults who are surprised to discover that that fable is not somehow buried between uh, Genesis 12 and Genesis 22. Um, thank you. Now, in my introduction, I uh, alluded and indicated that you were the executive director of the Florence Melton School of Adult Jewish Learning, and uh, I think our listeners might be um, fascinated to learn about that program, which is an international program for adult Jewish learners. So perhaps you could tell us a bit about it. Sure, I'd be glad to. So the Florence Mountain School is, we're actually starting our fourth decade. Um, we uh, are an international program um, based both uh, in North America and at the Hebrew University in, in Jerusalem. Um, and our program is um, adult Jewish learning um, our, our main uh, sort of original um, signature program is a, a two-year course of study um, in which adult Jewish learners learn about the holidays, uh, life cycle, and Jewish and major and concepts and ma major concepts in Jewish thought in their first year of study, um, and in their second year of study, um, study Jewish history and ethics. Um, and um, the, the idea is that this is a, a, a learning program for people to do, similarly to um, the, uh, the text that you began with. It's something that you do in your free time. Um, it's not, even though it's connected to the university and has academic credentials, it's um, not uh, an academic course of study, but something that someone chooses to do to um, acquire Jewish literacy and, and make Judaism um, more a part of their lives. Um, and um, in addition to the, this, what we call our core curriculum of study, we've developed a number of other courses that our students worldwide um, take um, on the local level. Um, so in Ottawa, <laughs> the program um, is taught there. Um, and then uh, we've, we've been in over 200 communities um, during these last three decades um, in the Jewish English-speaking world. Um, so besides the U.S. and Canada, um, in South Africa, Australia, and London is where we're currently operating. And um, I would say there's, there's three principles that are important to us as the Florence Mountain School. Um, one is that the adult Jewish learning is pluralistic, so we're not um, dictating how people should practice their Judaism, but rather 
um, showing them that there's a wide array of ideas um, in Jewish thought and in Jewish practice and Jewish learning that they can um, learn and think about on, as adults and be able to incorporate as they uh, so desire in their own lives. Um, secondly, our, our classes are all text-based, which is what we've been talking a lot about um, this morning, which is um, very critical to to adult Jewish learning. And um, and finally, that our learning is really interactive, that we believe that adults learn best not by um, hearing lectures, but actually being able to engage in conversations and discussions um, about the text and the ideas that they're studying. Well, that, you know... Um... It would be interesting, and perhaps on another show we can do that, we can chat with people who've chosen to study under the auspices of the Florence Melton School of Adult Learning, but I'm interested in how your program is able to present itself as uh, pluralistic, meaning um, a learning available to those individuals who might practice a traditional form of Judaism, those individuals who might practice a less traditional, and those individuals who call themselves Jews and identify themselves as Jews, but who practice very little. So how do you go about creating a learning environment and a learning program, more importantly than the environment, but a learning program that can be um, appealing to Jews of many different backgrounds? Sure. Um, there, there are a number of things that go into it. I mean, one is, um, since, you know, Judaism, we have a whole spectrum of observance, as, as you mentioned, and a, a whole spectrum of denominations. Um, it's really critical that the texts that are in our, in our curriculum um, represent that spectrum. And so um, people are able to learn texts that come from rabbis and other thinkers, academics, from across the spectrum. Um, and so, they, as we talked about earlier, it's almost like they're having the same kind of conversation, um, not maybe not between the generations, but be, between um, thinkers that are living even contempor- in contemporary times with the same generation. Um, we, uh, we make sure that the courses um, include that. Um, and the other big piece is that it, is that we work on training our faculty to um, to build a um, an inclusive classroom so that um, all voices are heard. One of the things we we suggest to our our teachers is that they teach the text that they disagree with because they're they're te- they're people too. They have um, you know they may resonate with one rabbi and not with another, but we want them to teach the the text and and the um, and the thoughts that they disagree with, um, with the same um, enthusiasm as the ones that they agree with. It's a hard thing to, to ask of them, but really, ideally, we want the students to be able to come to their own conclusions. And so um, if they're, we, we want the teachers not to be biased, but to really give every um, idea and every text its fair, um, fair shake, fair presentation, so that the students can come to it on their own. And and finally, I would say, you know, it's, it's, it also becomes a really wonderful lab for people in the class because it's so interactive to be able to practice having a conversation with uh, people that they, dis- they might disagree with. Um, and because you have the text in front of you and, and you're, you're agreeing or disagreeing or taking issue or not with the, the text that's in front of you, it's an easier, it's a good way to practice that skill of how to have a conversation um, where people can walk away from the table and um, do different things with the ideas that that came up in class that day or that evening. 
Well, that's a very uh, important skill to learn. We seem to be uh, a little short these days of conversations of between people with different perspective, be they religious, political, um, or social perspectives, um, and the skills necessary to have a uh, productive conversation seem to be in short supply. Um, I was thinking as you were speaking that here in Ottawa, um, one of the manifestations of the curriculum was that uh, this year, one of the Orthodox rabbis in town taught the curriculum on ethics in the core course. And um, as an Orthodox rabbi, he, of course, had a very particular perspective on a number of the topics um, and was um, invited by the curriculum to be more open in uh, the texts that he used uh, on topics such as end-of-life decisions or um, abortion decisions or um, organ transplant decisions. Um, and the class would often find it challenging um, to hear him wrestle with alternative perspectives that were not necessarily his own personal perspectives. But conversely, they were confronted with um, a teacher who held very um, important and well-developed religious perspective, um, trying to um, communicate his perspective to people who may not be believers in the same way. Um, so it has been, I think, as I've experienced it and others have experienced it, an eye-opening opportunity for people to learn in a methodology that doesn't seem to be the norm today, where we live on uh, different ends of the spectrum and find difficulty meeting in the middle. Um, you've taught in the Milton program for a number of years, as I indicated in the introduction. What's been your most uh, positive experience and most memorable experience of teaching adults using the method methodology of the Florence Milton School? Yeah, I, actually something very similar to what you you just described. Um, in, in my teaching, one of I think one of my favorite things is that um, I've seen in my classroom students come away with new appreciation for the positions that they don't hold um, and, uh, and and new respect for the denomination in Judaism or denominations that they don't associate themselves with. I think that that's one of the most amazing outcomes of, of the, the learning in Melton is um, is the respect we have a concept in Judaism of Qual Yisrael, of the whole community of Israel um, being one large community. And um, as you indicated, um, just like in secular society, um, a lot of that has broken down over time within Jewish society. And to, be, to have the learning um, help to awaken um, in, the, in the adult students an awareness of being part of a greater community, even respecting those who hold different opinions, um, I think is is the most rewarding. I, and I think the the other, I guess the only other thing I would say is that the learning um, in Melton just turns them on to becoming lifelong learners. Uh, that they want to grow and learn more, and um, and so the way in which um, the experience is transformative um, for our adult learners, um, in that they want to 
continue their journey um, and not just we do a graduation at the two-year point, but uh, we've developed all these other courses because our students want to keep learning. Once they feel like they're invited into the tradition, they're invited into the discussion, and they have a certain amount of literacy under their belt, um, it just empowers them um, and excites them to keep learning. In the first two courses, first two-year courses, I guess it's four courses in the first two years, you describe courses that are very focused on um, Jewish religious life. Um, Even ethics and history are focused on the religious history. Um, Could you identify for our listeners some of the uh, later courses that are available to Jewish, uh, adult Jewish learners? Sure. So uh, beyond the two years, yeah, we have we have a variety. We have a, a category that we would consider to be um, like Jewish civilization courses. So in there, um, there's everything from a course in Jewish humor um, to some very serious topics like uh, we explore in our Beyond Borders class um, the history of the uh, Israeli-Palestinian um, conflict um, in, in depth. Um, and uh, we have other, we have a course in Israeli literature um, we have a, a new course that came out this past year called The Star in the Crescent that describes the history um, and the relationship between Judaism and Islam over the centuries. Um, so we have those courses um, beyond the two years, and the other series that we offer is is more traditional text study, similar to what we've been, we're talking about at the beginning of our conversation. Um, the Seventy Faces of Torah is actually what we call um, that series, and that's really an in-depth look at five books of the Torah, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, um, with the layering of all of the interpretations from the centuries. We've been talking this morning with um, Rachel Bovitz, who is the executive director of the Florence Melton School of Adult Jewish Learning, and she has uh, wonderfully described for us the program that syncs with the traditional notion of adult Jewish learning. And I want to end our conversation um, by asking you, are the courses that are offered, whether they're in uh, Ottawa or Toronto next year or in other locations, um, available to individuals who are not part of the Jewish peoplehood? Um, that is really something that is uh, decided on the local level, but um, philosophically, we, we do welcome um, students to come into our classes who aren't who don't consider themselves to be Jewish. Um, and in fact, some of our courses are specifically designed. We have a course for parents who are raising Jewish children who may or may not be Jewish themselves. Um, the only real the real um, important thing to note is that they are. Um, taught from a Jewish perspective. They're not taught from an academic perspective or from, um, you know, any kind. We we don't want to make it sound like it's just a general course um, that has Jewish ideas, but it's it's taught and designed for a Jewish audience. Um, But in many of our communities and in communities that I've taught, um, we welcome oftentimes uh, spouses, friends of uh, our Jewish students who are interested in studying with us. So while the course may be neutral, with regard to a particular Jewish religious perspective, it's not neutral with regard to Judaism. It's um, It's intended to intensify the learner's Jewish identity, and it's intended to intensify the learner's Jewish literacy, 
And while some members of the general community may participate, it's not a course like you would find at a university that's open to debate about um, the historical perspective that the Jewish people have on their text and on their traditions. My guest this morning has been Rabbi Rachel Rudis Bovitz, the executive director of the Florence Melton School of Adult Jewish Learning. I want to thank Rabbi Bovitz for joining us this morning, and um, I look forward to hearing more about the Melton School of Adult Jewish Learning as it expands the opportunities for Jewish adults to fulfill the mitzvah of Talmud Torah Neged Kulam. For Jewish Faith and Jewish Facts, I'm Rabbi Stephen Garten, wishing you a good day and shalom. You can listen to our program, this morning's program, on the CHRI website as a podcast, or register for the podcast on iTunes. Shalom and good morning. Shalom.